April 25th, 2018, it's Watt from Pedro Show.
for Pedro show in Pedro last minute brother Matt got indisposed he's coming from the desert and had all these appointments so I'm here uh, in my own pad but not alone because through the miracle of Skype those engineers in Estonia Craig Taborn's with me all the way from uh, Brooklyn right right I'm in Brooklyn yeah uh, thanks for uh, coming aboard truly and thanks to Steve Bono for making the connect we started with John Coltrane doing Harmonique, and then something from you called The Shining One. Uh, oh, right, yeah. Craig, can you tell me your uh, earliest music recollection? Probably the earliest is my dad playing piano down in the basement. He was, uh, he was a psychologist and a professor, but he would come home and play uh, 
just for himself. He was like a blues man, blues and kind of soul jazz, but a lot of Ray Charles kind of stuff. Uh-huh. So that kind of thing. And he's got the piano in the basement. So you yeah. Had, so you had musical instruments in the pad, okay? Uh, so you're kind of hearing him jam and stuff, stuff after work, so he can kind of relax and do his thing, right? Yeah, he would come home and just. Like before dinner, he would unwind playing and stuff. Yeah, that's you know, word. like just for himself. That's the word, unwind. So he didn't really like he wasn't part of a group or he didn't do gigs. No, no, he was. He never played professionally. I think when he played in when he was in college, he played uh, in a little college group. Actually, I think Dick Gregory was in that group. He went to Damn. college with Dick Gregory. Okay, yeah, very funny man and a very serious thinker too. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you ended up on piano. So I, I'm wondering, Craig, was there a connect? Oh, totally. It's just because the piano was down there. Okay. And he would play it, you know, so it was just available. And, like, or, you know, he wasn't trained or anything. He just played it by ear. You sure. Know? Like every song he played ended up in C, you know? <laughs> like, White keys. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> C or G, sometimes G. Uh-oh. But, uh, yeah. He, yeah, but he would he showed me my first thing cuz I you know I just sit down and he you know he's from like southern Illinois and Chicago kind of that that area so it was like a blues blues based thing definitely. So if it's a blues thing there had to be some black keys. <laughs> right? Maybe. Well, he would yeah, hit them, you know. <laughs> and then slide up. <laughs> okay. Okay. Can you remember the first uh Record that you bought for yourself? First record, you know, it might be Kansas Left Overture. I remember that. Yeah. And that was because my buddies, my one of my friends, this I was maybe 10, but my buddy's brother really was into Kansas. And so I just bought it. I kind of just didn't know what else to buy. And I always liked the cover, that, <laughs> that wizard-looking guy sure, who sure. was writing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember it too. I, I remember I, I, I even saw them play a couple times. Okay, oh, know, wow. Yeah, well, Arena Rock, right? The 70s and stuff. Uh, not yeah, on purpose. Totally. They were part of other things. Uh, I'm curious. Okay, so your pop shows you stuff on piano. Do, do you do any stuff at school? Um, At that point, no. Uh, you know, they they just, you know, brought out the little mallet things but no nothing nothing this is like early on sure know. sure i started sure. playing when i was like 11 or something mm-hmm. and it was just based off what my dad i just knew you could do it on your own that was the thing that's what i got from my dad yeah and it's like you could i knew you could figure it out yourself if you wanted to <laughs> so i just started playing right manhandling hard charger i'm into it um yeah, yeah. I just asked because you know some schools have music programs and people got involved and like that. Uh, can you remember the first gig you went to? Well, my parents took me to see stuff when I was really young. I remember I saw like the Jackson Five. Yeah, Gary, back in the right? day, in the seventies. I think they were Gary Indiana, right next door. So. Yeah, totally Gary Indiana. Yeah, and uh, so I saw them when I was like five years old. Um, I can't remember, but, you know, like, under my own steam, I think it was probably something like, well, I was started getting into jazz that age, but I think I went to see, like, ACDC or something. Yeah. 
That's what I remember. I saw like for those about to rock tour. Oh, yeah. With the cannons. With the big cannon on the front. Yeah. Kind of copper coat. King Vay Malmsteen was opening for him. That's what I remember. Okay. Yeah. A lot of notes. (laughs) A lot of notes. Oh, it was tons of notes. Maybe (laughs) maybe even a little too much. I could use a few less of those, but yeah. Okay, I want to play here uh, Love in Outer Space. Thank you. 
הזקנה שהתקרבה לבית רצתה קצת מים. אבל השומר לא ידע את זה והתכונן לירות בה, אלא שמישהו עצר אותו ברגע האחרון וצעק אליה בערבית, מה את רוצה? והיא אמרה, מים, קצת מים, והמשיכה להתקרב. אז מישהו אחר הכניס אותה פנימה והושיב אותה בצד ושאל אותה שוב מה היא רוצה והיא שוב אמרה מים, קצת מים ומלמלה משהו על זה שהחיים לא משהו. צירפנו אותה להליכה ולאחר כמה קילומטרים שחררנו אותה ליד כפר אחר. מישהו נתן לה מים ומישהו אחר כיוון אליה רובה וצעק שתסתלק המשיכה ללכת אחרינו עוד שעות רבות, עד שנעלמה באחד הפיתולים.
played uh, Love in Outer Space, something live from the uh, Craig Taborn Quartet. Then uh, brand new Ales with the Ruin, European City Jungle out of Italy, 1518. Uh, Sarlo Acabata from uh, Belgrade, uh, Piccati Live thing. Uh, that's uh, Brother Koya from the 80s. Kodorashki uh, out of Bel um, next door, Bulgaria. Yeah, Bell. And uh, Fact featuring Duke B, 1060 Mix from Bernays Propaganda out of Macedonia. And then Snooze of Motion, Prekovoda out of Croatia. Farther South, The Old Woman out of Tel Aviv. And then Craig Taborn with uh, Light Made Lighter. I love that title. Oh, he went back? Okay. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I was listening to all kinds of stuff, and I wanted to spread it out for the listeners that can check out what you're doing. Uh, in fact, they're probably wondering how it came from those about to rock to light made lighter. <laughs> <laughs> so, when does uh, you get kind of uh, move on from your pops and uh, want to explore the piano more? Yeah, yeah. Maybe high school. Well, yeah. Well, around this time, like when I was twelve. Like I started piano and I just started kind of getting exposed. I just got into music, like in general, like I just realized, like I took to the piano really quickly, just as a way to make sound, you know, like I was just like, oh, you can make songs and stuff. But I also got, my parents got me like a synthesizer, a mini Moog when I was 12 too. Okay. So this is like junior high. Yeah, junior high, and I was. And, and, and uh, we're talking uh, uh, Minneapolis. Yep, Minneapolis, Golden Valley. It's like a the first suburb west of Minneapolis. Okay, I know Montrose. I know Montrose because my E Namps used to be built there in the nineties. Oh right! So yeah. I drove out there, and I know that the the school, the basketball team is called Golden Gophers. Golden Gophers, that's right. Kevin McHale, yeah. Yeah, that was a time I used to see him. My dad used to take me. I used to see Kevin McKay all the time. On a lot the of office. elbow, throwing a lot of elbow. Yeah. <laughs> but he was good. He, he liked to get in people's hair a little bit. Uh, right. So, so uh, okay, so now you got your pop's piano in the basement and you got this Moog. Wow. Exactly. And these these were monophonic, right? Yeah, that was the, that was the first thing. So I got, right away I got into... So I was playing piano, playing the keys and figuring out music, you know, like notes and like, you know, chords and things on the piano. But with the Moog, I just got into turning the knobs and making weird sounds. So I got right away into like sound, you know, like. Sure. Instead of noise, like I got into like just sound as sound without worrying about making a melody or making anything. Sure. sure, And that's a big thing. That was a big influence because. I kind of always par- had that parallel track going where I was figuring out how to play a tune or a melody. And then I was also just making almost sculpture with sound and stuff. Like, I just like making sounds, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like uh, using it like a, a hunk of clay on a wheel. You know? Exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, I understand. So, uh, do you ever... Uh, this is man alone stuff, right? Do you, when do you start uh, collaborating, playing with other cats? Well, around this time, yeah, some guys, my buddy Todd Howe, who lived, you know, like a couple blocks away, was playing guitar. So uh, we started playing. I just, my friend 
had told me like yeah Todd and Leon are you know have a band and you know maybe you want to jam with them so I I started doing that um uh we were just playing I mean yeah well, they serious do, do they come into the basement because that's where the piano is or do you bring the synthesizer to where they are uh I would go over to Todd's basement yeah and bring the key by this point I got the Moog, and then I got a Rhodes electric piano, like, right after that, too. Oh. So I had those two things. One of them heavy Fender. <laughs> yeah, I had an 88 key. Oh, man. <laughs> well, some, of the, some of them had built-in amps, even. Right? I know. I didn't have that one, thank God. <laughs> that one was a ball breaker. <laughs> yeah, it was. Slept everything I had was heavy. <laughs> and, and I had, like, a box bass, bass cab. Oh, wow. And, and people, well, the way Fender Rhodes work, they had these things called tines. They hit these little metal things. And, yeah. you, and you tuned them by making them shorter or longer. They, they yeah. were a trip. And they got their own sound. They're very interesting. Yeah, that was it. So that's what we had. And we go over to Todd's basement. I think it was, or no, at that time it was the drummer, Davey Wheeler. Okay. It was his basement to start, but he didn't last long, long like. He kind of dropped out of the playing. You know, this we're like thirteen, sure, twelve, sure. thirteen. You know, so we're playing like we were playing Kiss, BTO. Trying to remember, what kind of guitar rock. What were you doing on the piano? Uh, or the just the roads, just riffing. Okay. <laughs> well, you know the Screamers. They didn't have a guitar, but they. One of the guys, Paul Rossler, he uh, played a Fender Rhodes through a fuzz tone, and you can get right. that. You can get that guitar-y sound kind of. Well, that's what happened. I, I, uh, a guy I took some lessons from at the time had this old blue fuzz box. Like, it was from the early 70s, like he had when he was a kid. He gave it to me. Okay. It was like kind of a – forget the material, like a, like a velour blue-covered fuzz box from, like, 72. Velour. Okay. Or something. I don't know what it was. It, it broke down shortly. But I used to use that – I got. I had that fuzz thing. So yeah, I, I got kind of. So this guy who gave you lessons was he an influence? Was his name? Was he influence? Yeah, he's a huge influence. He's his name was Peter Murray. Okay, thank you. And he's Peter. a psychiatrist now, actually. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> got right out of this racket. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. Okay. So did, did this band, this you know teenage band, did you guys have a name? Did you do gigs? We. Barely. Okay. We, I don't even remember what we were called. I think we were called Sub-Zero at the start, then we changed. It, it morphed. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. I, I said that's a good name for Minnesota, Sub-Zero. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what did morph into? Well, we started morph just as my, well, this we're like Northwest Suburb. I like can, Consider Northwest Suburbs. So Golden Valley's like. So you notice the the kind of like guitar rock thing. That's what was going yeah. on around there. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. My friends were. That's what the scene was. I mean, you were doing were, out. You were doing out in John covers. <laughs> no, no, no. But then I was. You know, I had my influence from my dad at home. Sure. And then quickly. See, I went away. I went to different. Uh, junior high school than everybody else in the neighborhood. I started going to this other private school. Okay. And there I met some other kids who were more from the city. Uh-huh. 
and they were like in like a little more like underground stuff. So even at that age, right away, I got well. I saw you guys. I saw Minutemen in uh, at the entry the first time. My buddy, I, I made a friend there who was doing a fanzine. Yeah. Um, at when he was like twelve. Damn. And I remember he, he was like, you like music. You know, we were, I remember we were sitting in English class and he said, you know, you like music, right? And I was like, yeah, I play it. And he's like, well, maybe you want to come. I'm going to the show. I'm going to the show like after school. You want to come? It was like an all ages show. Yeah. That's where the entry was. You, it was you guys. Wow. So that kind of like, well, you know, you know, early on, Minneapolis always had a good scene. Yeah, Exactly. Hooskers. In fact, we ended up putting me and D Boom put out the first Hoosker Do album. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, Land yeah. Speed record, which was recorded at the entry. Mm hmm. 1981. So it, yeah. it, go, it goes back. And uh, I remember, though, the first time we played Minneapolis, it wasn't the entry. That was the second time. The first time uh -huh. was uh, with Black Flag and Hoosker Do at some place called G uh, Goofy's Upper Deck or some shit like this. It, was, it wasn't oh. too far away. I don't think yeah, it's it was around. down the street. It's down on that First Avenue corridor, right? Yeah, that's where everything happened those days. I, yeah, I, I don't yeah. know hardly anything about the suburbs. That's where we always were. Was down that place. Uh huh. Or the Hennepin corridor. Excuse me, I was on Hennepin. Hennepin, yeah, Hennepin. That was the big road, right? It goes across that was the, the river. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, okay, so you start going to gigs, and then that opens up. That's not arena rock. That's a whole other world. Exactly. So that's what happened to me. That's part of what happened to me. It's like I had jazz at home. Like my dad was, you know, he had like his record collection too, like was like, like real hard bop, you know, Horace Silver. Oh, yeah. Stuff like So I was listening to that and then all, you know, playing these kind of rock tunes with these guys. And then I got turned on to this whole other scene because i started i just discovered you know i saw that and i another time i saw big black another time i saw yeah like naked ray gun it just yeah. opened up from there chicago you know? yeah. saw meat puppets saw meat puppets saw tons of fans i just rediscovered there were such a thing as all ages shows you know <laughs> right 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 and <laughs> that uh, i could go yeah. okay okay so uh up to high school Still no music mm -hmm. in school? You're taking uh, lessons, though? Yeah, then I finally, like, a little bit later, I started taking a, lessons with this guy, Peter Murray. Right. Eventually. I took some other little lessons. Like, I took a, uh, I took some class, you know, basic piano kind of classical lessons from this, fr first from this lady down the street, and then from this other guy for about a year, you know, that got me the basics of, the basics of how to, you know, read you know, some music and play a couple of classical tunes. Okay. Uh, but then this guy, Peter, was a, was teaching jazz or, you know, improvisation. So when I got with him, he started breaking down just how to start thinking about things, to approach things that way. Yeah. But he wasn't real dogmatic, you know. He, was, he wasn't trying to, like, make me play any certain way. It was more just tools. Just, yeah, present you possibilities. Exactly, and he was really adamant about that. He wanted, you know, he was into people well, just finding their own path. Yeah, he probably wanted you to find your own voice and not just be yeah. some kind of copy. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That's, that's righteous of him, man. Because, you yeah. know, the, the the old cliche of the piano teacher is like hitting people over the knuckles with the rulers and you know, 
crazy mm-hmm. shit. Yeah. And I, I, I've had people on the show that ended up hating music because of their piano teachers. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, the funny thing with him was he, yeah. there was a time when, like, I had gotten a little facility, like, I could move, you know, my fingers pretty quickly. And, you know, and he, like, the, the thing was, he wouldn't teach me, like, technique. Like, he, he was like, he said, you know, if you want to get faster or get better, you know, you could practice that on your own, but I'm not going to teach you that because, you know, I'd rather you learn how to, like, commit to an idea. You know, he was into, like, playing what you mean and meaning what you play more. And he was he had a thing like if you get like too much technique before you have ideas, then it just gets out. of It gets in the way of you ever really finding your like a real thing you want to stay say. So he was an interesting teacher that way, yeah. Yeah, because I, I can see his point. Otherwise, it ends up being like sports or something. Exactly. Instead yeah. of like a means of expression. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that. man, that's, he's deep. Yeah, he's deep. <laughs> respect, <laughs> respect for that. Uh, you end up going to college, right? Yeah. Yeah, like I went to University of Michigan, Ann Arbor. Sure. Big, big, big Wolverine school. Once yeah. I played in that basketball arena with P Funk. Oh, really? Yeah, I wouldn't shoot you, <laughs> Craig. Anyway, I couldn't believe how the guy mixed. They had like twenty guys on stage, and this guy right. in the basketball arena. That mixer man, an incredible technique. Also, those cats <laughs> could play like motherfuckers. I mean, they're an incredible band. But okay, you yeah. go there. I didn't know that they had, they had a big music program. I know they had a big marching they band. Do. Oh yeah. <laughs> I know they had a big marching band, them in Ohio State. <laughs> yeah, that you know, that's kind of the money behind... The thing about uh, University of Michigan is the money that fuels the music school is the marching band. Because okay. all the <laughs> yeah, right. all the alumni, you know, they, they pay money when they come back for the football sure. game and stuff. So, so it's a good subsidy. Look, we're at the end of the first hour, April 25, 2018 edition of the... Wife Peter Show special guest Craig Tabor. Hold tight for hour two. April 
Pivot needs the pack. Head out strong for the attack. Skate out on the line. Need the blockers, jammers, fine. Get down and set the pace. Gonna dominate this place. She's a roller derby master. A good one. No one gets past her. Inspire the blockers to form a wall. And sign out the jammers to take it all. Roller derby is an exciting thing. And when she sends them out on the fling, slow or fast like a jet, she is the best one, you bet.
Bach for Pivo show. We start off the second hour with uh, Craig Tabor and Trio doing Uproot. Then uh, Joe Brewer from uh, not far, uh, Madison, Wisconsin, Pivot. Ghost Car. Uh, some Dallas uh, Connect. Uh, time Machines Do Fly. The Spice Pistols out of uh, San Diego here with God Save the Queens. Kind of a cover with uh, some funny words. And then uh, Chess Smith. I know him, tall drummer man, great, great cat, yep. living in New York City now. Craig Taborn and Matt Maneri doing whacking open air. Uh huh. Why whacking? I, I think he's that's Chess's sense of humor. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chess. I I seen him with uh, Nels Klein, and man, right, he can uh-huh. kick up some serious dust. Oh yeah, great cat, Absolutely. great cat. Okay, so. Uh, like going back to your journey here, you're going to uh-huh. school at uh, University of Michigan, Wolverine. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, well, well, I should backtrack one thing okay. that I think is important. In it because once I got into high school, the other other thing that was available in Minneapolis was the Walker Art Center. Okay, and that was real important because well, there are two things: that and the library, public. Because then I started checking out more avant-garde jazz. I just got into that which is what I do. And I was going to the library just checking out records, you know. Like Cecil? Like Cecil? Like Cecil? Yeah, right. Like, yeah, stuff like that. Anthony Braxton. Oh, yeah. What have you. All that kind of stuff. And then at the Walker, they what started... What about McCoy? Booking. Did you ever get into McCoy? Heavily. You know, I toured... I, I, the last couple of years, I've been touring with McCoy, like opening... Well, we, it's, a, it's a project where you play some of his tunes with him, like with his band before he comes out plays. Wow. Yeah, I've been doing I, I that the last to, two years. I heard he had to kind of stop touring because uh, of forgetting or... Uh, no? He, his health is good? Well, that's why. That's the whole thing. Yeah, he's he's doing he's doing well, but the they decided to... If they could kind of lessen the load on the whole night, the sure. concert night. So the idea is um, having people play... Other pianists influenced by him play his tunes before he comes out. So that's what I've been doing a lot. I've done that for the last couple of years. Oh, that's bitching. You know, yeah, and so that's, that's, something, like, from the, that's yeah. something from the bebop that the rock and rollers, I think they're starting to learn. This idea of mentor, you know, that, that one shift mm-hmm. hands it off to the next shift. Because I think exactly. rock and roll is so uh, marketed towards youth, and that's ridiculous now. And we're finally learning from the boppers and stuff. Man, it, 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 we're all links in a chain. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So that's beautiful you getting to play with him like that. Oh, mm-hmm. man. Okay, so you're going to the library. You're checking out records. Yeah. I've got a lot of guys on the show. I, I just uh, check out everything I can find, yeah, you know. Okay. Without having to spend the big coin because you just check them out. Exactly. Yeah, right. Yep, yep. Right, right. And then the Walker was bringing in a ton of music. The guy booking it back in the 80s, uh-huh. this guy Chuck Helm, was bringing in everything. You know, like it was like whatever was going on, you know, downtown New York, yeah. stuff like that. Back then, so in the eight, early, eight, you know, bringing John Zorn, like Fr- Bill Frizzell, yeah, Mark yeah. Re- Rebo. Sure. Uh, all kinds of people like that. So that, mm, that was the other factor, you know. Yeah, 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 the Lower East Side thing. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, because you've done some recording. Uh, in fact, I got something we're going to play in, in the next hour with William Parker. I got to see him do his Testament thing. Oh, great. The first yeah. shit in Factory that was on Houston. 
And mm-hmm. man, yeah, 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 this, yeah, kind of improvised, uh, but, 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 yeah, totally influenced by the jazz guys. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, when do you, but, but you're, you're, you're living in Ann uh, after the, this is Minnesota, then you move to Ann Arbor, spend time right. at the school, then what, you, you end up in uh, New York City? Well, yeah, there was a big. I was in Ann Arbor and then Detroit for a long, for about seven years. Because what happened is, you know, Minneapolis, I, there wasn't a big jazz scene, you know, yeah. like, sure. like of old cat, you know, old guy, like like you were just talking about that tradition yeah. with older guys to apprentice with. So I kind of was putting stuff together on my own or with my buddies, you know, in bands. Uh-huh. But when I got to to Michigan, I met. My friend, who's on a lot, a lot of records, Gerald Cleaver, who's a drummer. Oh yeah, yeah, I saw. His and name. we met right away, and he's from Detroit, so he started hooking me up playing with guys in Detroit. And that was the real, and that's the first time I played with like, you know, because Detroit's heavy. The well, heavy yeah, Elvin and his brother Thad and Hank. Exactly that whole scene, um, you know, Paul Chamber, like Ron Carter, Betty Carter. You know, there's it's just endless with Detroit. Right, right. And there's as many guys as you know, like Elvin, who who left and went to New York. There's a bunch of guys who didn't leave who are still right. there. That's right. That's right. right. And oh, so I started playing. playing with them, you know. Oh, and that's like going to the well. I mean, that's not second, third, fourth hand. That's going to the well. That's like me getting to play with Stooges. Look, I want to play right. Hot Blood here. Thank you. 
Pile la chance, la bile à la blanche, à la vol, pirouette, flop, épère et grimpe, la mat de mon gros de langogne. Qui joue, fuit à la pile, fourbi, ténébrier, mal mort, passe, épère et saute, le val de Bonneuil en Valois. Joue à l'amour, croque madame, puis caché bourré, plein des pères et forme le tas courant de la voûte. Qui joue poirier, figue, pince, morir, roi nerenette, bluff et père, épice, le fan de bain de Bretagne. Qui joue à la grue, à la truie, au crapaud, couille de bélier, qui pair et monte le col des coirons. Séquence à 3D, fait sa réfouquesse, 4 pères et sèche, le garde de toi et de désir. Qui joue à la trompe, malheureusement content, sans cocube et liné, cave et père et bois, la marre de mort et de vilcère. Débile poker, rush et père, élève la roche devant de Vanosque. Qui joue l'UEPINAT, joc, fort l'opinion pétarade, ouvre les pères et forge la pierre de cour de Breteuil. Qui flotte, qui perd, qui pleuve, qui pisse, qui kick, qui 
Why for Pedro show? We, that was Hot Blood, Craig Tabor uh, trio. Then Casino Rabalizian by Ann James Chatton and Andy Moore. And then uh, Craig Taborn trio again in Chant. And they're both from this album called Chance. I'm learning about off-air people. You didn't get to get enlightened like I did. But. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so <laughs> you spend some time in Detroit playing with some cats from the day. Yeah, yeah. We... Uh... That was the re- you were saying because I didn't do music when I was at University of Michigan. You know, I I I thought I would, but then I started just doing like other stuff, anthropology. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was just liberal arts vibe. I wanted to learn other stuff, and I started playing in Detroit, and there was sort of no like me. I don't know the music school thing wasn't especially for jazz was a little wasn't really happening there and it was a little stiff but when you can go and like play with marcus belgrave and like these older cats who were the real thing it kind of you didn't really need to do the class no that's its own kind of school (laughs) absolutely you know like the real thing you know craig i I gotta tell you about this joke uh that i heard once Thelonious monk would have never won the Thelonious monk contest because that's, that's the way that's humans right. are. Humans want to like freeze things and make it, you know, inside a glass box. Or you know, you you can't break out. They go and they make a form out of something that was supposed to be mm-hmm. like kind of open and go for it in the first place. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't blame you, but you yeah. eventually leave Detroit. You go further east to New York. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I started playing with this guy. Uh, among the other people, I started playing with this guy, James Carter, who's a, a saxophonist from Detroit. And he, you know, his thing got started taking off in the, in the 90s. Like, he started touring a lot. So, uh-huh. and I was playing in his band. And from that, like, on the strength of that, you know, and finishing up with the school thing and everything, I just decided, oh, I can move to New York. But I, I moved to New York with a strong, you know, we were on the road a lot. So I didn't move in, like hungry or like like try needing to hustle too much in new york desperate. i moved to new york yeah <laughs> i wasn't desperate. like I, I heard the way it goes is desperate uh times call for desperate men <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but you 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 had a thing going so you you were you were fortified yeah great exactly yeah that i think that means a lot because you end up in terrible situations when you're desperate sometimes, and especially yeah. a big, mean town like that. But but at the same time, there's a lot of opportunity. Yeah, it was a, you know, there's so much, there was, uh, still is, but there's always so much happening in New York. That's but right. it was an easy way to enter because I was sort of like going out playing. Sure. And then when I came back, you know, I had some, I had some bread in my pocket and yeah. I could kind of really check out what was going on from the perspective of, you know, trying to figure out what I wanted to do, like the kind of cats I wanted to play with. I wasn't, you know, yeah, trying to hustle gigs or anything. No, but you're you're, you're kind of sideman mode, but you're thinking about making your own band? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And when does that happen? Well, it had happened. It started happening just with uh, some friends. Like my buddy Gerald, who's like a couple of these, actually all these trio things that you're playing have Gerald on them on drums. Yep. Yeah. But, I saw his name. Uh, we started a band. Actually, we started a band back in Ann Arbor, uh, that was called Tracy science. That was like a weird electric kind of avant funk electric band. Um, and that got kind of big in the area back then in like the early nineties, we were 
I mean, we started playing, so we were opening for like HR and other people, you know, they used to come through, but it was a weird, we were kind of influenced by like electric miles, like early 70s sure. electric miles. On the corner. Like exactly. Smiles. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, actually that band, it's a funny story because it was a confusion. The band was actually based on a misunderstanding because the bassist in the band, this guy Trent, who's a great bass player, like a funk guy. He talked about it, saying, "We, I want to do Electric Miles kind of thing. And I I was thinking, yeah, Bitches Brew on the Corner, Live Evil. And I think he was thinking, like, Tutu and Amandla. Yeah, because, you know, that, right? well, you know, because <laughs> that, that era you're talking, he was talking about, it's either, uh, you know, on the stand-up, Dave Holland, but the bass <laughs> man was the, the guy that Miles got at the Apollo up. Michael Henderson. Michael Henderson. Who is exactly. I dug, but you know, he was not a fusion dude. Exactly. <laughs> I actually really dug his line, you know, little boop, 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 boop. I think oh, he was no, Stevie was I think thing. he was Stevie Wonder. I think in the miles. Yeah, that's book. Detroit. Detroit. Yeah, I think I think he All, tells, a lot of that Motown stuff was Michael Henderson. Okay. And he ends up like a disco singer later in Europe in the seventies. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> but man, I really like that. So that's trippy that that bass man, he's probably slapper, right? Funk. My, uh, well, that's what happened. So it was a we- the band when we got together for the first rehearsal. Yeah. It was cl- I was like, "Oh." And Gerald, you know, I talked to my friend Gerald and we were like, he was going at it like, you know, like Dijonet. Okay. And yeah. I was doing this weird stuff and then and then Trent started slapping. And we just but nobody really it was just like, oh, okay. I guess this is what this is. So it was kind of like a weird, weird. <laughs> what, 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 you were into a, what? Do a Joe Zawinul? <laughs> well, I was even weird because my thing was right. Didn't, like what, was it the Weather Report guy uh, with Miles at that time? Yeah, it was, uh, was Zawinul vibe. Yeah. But I wasn't doing Zawinul. I was kind of more <laughs> Sun Ra vibe. I okay. was coming yeah. from that. Yeah, yeah. Sunny Blount. He's great. Yeah. So. It was a weird. It was a weird band. Okay, we're at the end of the second hour. Too, weird is okay sometimes. <laughs> 25 April 2018. Special guest Craig Tabor. Hold tight for hour three. April 25, 2018. It's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro show. Thank you. 
Watch for Pedro Show. We start off the third hour with Junk Magic from Craig Tabor, uh, one of his first recordings like 15 years ago. Uh, Mold Omen out of Baltimore with Four Limbed Hero. The Schizophonics out of San Diego. We had him on the show last month, Make It Last. And finally, Craig Tabor with Untitled Two American Landscape. This is something live that you've uh, oh, right. been yeah. in Europe touring around, right? Yeah. Right. That was Amsterdam, maybe. Okay, something. yeah, right. And, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, the incredible difficulties of filling out the uh, public uh, performance rights forms when the gig's over. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so uh, it, so th this drummer man, yeah, all the way from Ann Arbor, huh? Jesus. And Detroit well, and New York. Uh-huh. Okay. And he's still playing with you now. Yeah. Well, there's two, like, well, there's a bunch of drummers, but Gerald's the... The main guy in the trio mm -hmm. and that stuff. The guy in my quartet yeah. that was on like that first thing is yeah. Dave King, who I who's the guy one of the guys I grew up with in in oh. Golden Valley. Okay, Golden. Valley. And he plays with this band, The Bad Plus. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, there's a trio with piano, mm -hmm. bass, and uh, drum. Yeah, for a little bit, Greg Norton, uh, one of the Husker Du guys, he was telling me about those guys. I think they just got a yeah. new member. Yeah, they switched out the pianist and got Oren. But the other two guys, Dave and the bassist Reed, are guys I grew up with. Okay, in wow. Golden Valley. We played together. So Dave was around in that early. He almost was the drummer in that in that Sub Zero band that I talked about. Okay. But we went a different direction back. But that's when we were twelve. Craig, you remember this uh, guy? It was a min it was an early uh, band in the min uh, Minneapolis scene called Suburbs. And Chan, oh, he yeah. played piano. His name was Chan. He did organ and stuff, but he ended up yep. kind of playing jazz piano in a trio. Mm -hmm. Ch Chan Pauling or something? Chan. Um, I can't remember. God, name. I can't remember, but I know exactly who you mean. Yeah, but I, just, he, well, I remember they played uh, the, the second mask up in uh, Hollywood uh, the first time uh -huh. they came. In fact, they came in a VW bus. These guys toured in a bus. Someone stole all their shit. He had a yellow rain jacket on and on the back with, plas uh, with a black electrical tape he had a big cock and it said hard and his pants <laughs> you know when you go to the cleaners and they give you uh -huh. your, your your jacket in a, a really thin plastic sack that uh -huh. was his pants all like duct tape so his balls are all hanging out and shit yeah, they were a trip <laughs> anyway get back to your story uh so you, you your trio your quartet and, uh, yeah, you start playing around the sea. But you also start touring, right? Yeah, we were touring. I mean, the touring was happening as a sideman, but then my own thing started touring more, uh, like, after I got to New York, you know. What, oh, tell me about this Farmers by Nature. This is the thing with William Parker. Yeah, so that was just uh, Gerald, again, the, the same drummer. Sure. Uh, we just had this idea to play with William, you know. Cause but what Farmers that's by That's like a vast... But farmers by nature, what does that mean? <laughs> that's a good question. Actually, that's Gerald came up with that name, so okay. you know. <laughs> okay. Let, 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 let's listen to Cuttons Cuttons Gate. Thank you. 
Watford Pedro show the last music for this edition. Cut and Gate, Farmers by Nature. That's uh, Craig Tabor and, and uh, yeah, the great William Parker, who's an incredible bass man. Uh, the Blanks after that with Sissy Glue out of Arizona. Evil Hearted You out of here, East L.A., The Wicked Place. And finally, Craig Tabor and Trio with uh, something live out of Europe. All True Night slash Future Perfect. So, so what's your plans? What's it look like now, right now? Well, I'm just get I'm getting ready to. We hit the road next week with the four piece group from that Daylight Ghost album. Right, so we're doing Europe a couple. It's about called two and a half the uh, Craig Taborn Quartet, right? Yeah, I don't really. I actually actually call that group Heroics, but oh, okay, it got into a thing. So I don't really like calling things quartet, but anyway, <laughs> got, you know, by the time the press, like the the publicist, got rolling at. It wasn't clear what the name was, so I think I actually call that group Heroics. But. You know, Nels has a new album, and it's a quartet, and he calls it the Nels Klein Four. Uh huh. <laughs> so, okay, that's okay. So, now, how do you approach a quartet versus a trio? You know, I'm thinking of Miles Davis in the Quincy Troop book, and he said he hated playing with Red Garland, even though he did for years. I can see Red Garland had that that block chord thing that was sort of the given. Like that's how he was going to approach accompanying cats, and that I could see for Miles and what what he was going for, which he wanted more space. Yeah. It was a more modern sound, like more space and angles and things going on in it. And Red Garland was more straight up and down, right? Like pad. Uh, yeah, so, exactly. So I'm thinking when you you think of trio versus. Do you kind of get in a pad mode with the, the quartet versus a trio? Actually, I do the opposite. Okay. Um, I mean, I in in theory, I mean, I can it can happen, but it's more like the possibility for it to sound bigger than a quartet, even you know. So one thing is, I'm not so like with the quartets and the things. I'm not so into solo soloing. Like I like group group improvisation. I like to see what we can build together rather than. You know, everybody clear the space for one person to like blow. I'm not, I'm not so into that. I'm not really interested in that as much as ensemble. Let's let's charge forward together and see yeah. what we can make. You know, and maybe in the trio set, you feel more. You have to do that more a little more. Uh, that. Well, even that, I try to. It, it it happens, but like I try to make it more so co-equal. You know, I'm really into like the co-equal thing. Okay, let's get into that. Uh, some uh -huh. ideas about improvisation, like uh -huh. like Nels Klein has discussed with me. Maybe some of it's about listening. Yeah, a lot of it. It's kind of all about listening at some level. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kind of a joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, because some people think improv is like you know you're gonna have to wrestle it out of my hand, right? I got the ball, right? Right. But uh -huh. especially what you're talking about, some kind of ensemble kind of improv. There's got to be listening because people are keying on each other, right? Totally. I, I mean, and one thing I. Say like for me, it's like it's really it's all about listening, but it's not always about showing that you're listening. You know uh, what I mean? Because yeah, there can get to be too much of a back and forth, and then you lose all the pressure. You know, I play with Roscoe Mitchell, the guy art ensemble of Chicago and sure, other things. Sure. One of his things is he wants you to like he doesn't like you to accompany him, to shadow him, right? Like follow him around. That freaks him out. You know, he always says, "Don't don't follow me because that's like you're behind me." And then I have to pull you around. Just yeah. jump in there. It reminds, you know I mean? me, it reminds me of Scotty, you know, he uh, the, the Stooges drummer. 
when, uh-huh. he, when he was hunting. He had a cabin up in Upper Peninsula, I think they call it. And he says you could see the bears. They'd be <laughs> following him from tree to tree <laughs> in the corner of his uh-huh. eye. <laughs> so maybe that's the feeling he was getting. <laughs> but, right, I, right. you know, here's, here's the kind of aphorism or the image that I get. You got two guys on a bicycle, and they're both on the same pedal. <laughs> yum, <laughs> yum, yum, yum. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's you know true. what I mean. Yeah. Now, now, sometimes uh-huh. too much counterpoint, because things get, sometimes it's good to have a statement, right? Right. Absolutely. I can I, I, that that big thing in the, the uh, Beethoven's Fifth. You know, if you counterpointed mm-hmm. that too much, maybe it'd lose a little of the drama. I mean, it, right. it is about making something that's living and breathing, laughing mm-hmm. and crying, though, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, what you're bringing the gig goer, the listener. I, I, mm-hmm. I just, I just. You know, I've done a lot of albums with Nels where, you know, you want that first take, you just don't show him the song. You bring the guy in and he can do that. A lot of cats, right? it's scary time. So I have so much respect mm-hmm. for people who can really make that happen. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, Nels is fantastic. Uh, uh, when uh, Stevie uh, Bono clued me in on this and I got on the YouTube.com and started watching your even your solo improv, man, it just mm-hmm. drew me in. Because I'm like, what's going oh, on? What's coming next? What's up next? I mean, you just, it, it really, it, much respect, Greg. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, truly. And uh, if people, now, you don't like to have a web presence, right? Yeah, I just, nah. Yeah, that's okay. I don't really but care. You, people, <laughs> you can find them on the YouTube.com because that's where I got all kinds of stuff. And a lot of it's you playing live, and it's great. So just go there if you want to check it out. It's T-A-B-O-R-N, Craig Tabor. Go up there and, and watch this man play Make Music Come Alive. It is beautiful. And it's such an honor to have you aboard the show here. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Oh, man. can I ask you, if some younger person, or maybe even a cat my age, asked you for advice about mm-hmm. this music racket, what would you tell? I don't. My, my, my thing is really identify what you want to do and just do that, which sounds obvious, but like, don't think about anything else. I mean, don't think about anything else. That's good. Just start doing the thing you want to do because that's what you're going to end up doing at the end of the day. So if you find yourself doing something that you, and you're like, why am I here? I'm not really into this. It probably started because you started, you opened the door to that. So just don't even, I mean, outside of eating, you know, you got to <laughs> do stuff to, oh, you know, it. you got to make some money to eat, but. But also the consequence of, I've eaten, Craig. You gotta take a dump. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> okay, man. Thanks again, and keep on keeping on, please. And uh, uh, next time you get a recording too, because you must have plans for a studio record down the road. Yeah, I do. When you do it, can we come on the show and talk about it? Absolutely, man. Okay, man. People, it's been an April twenty-five, two thousand eighteen edition of Walk Pedro Show special guest Craig Tabor. Keep your powder dry.